welcome back to No Thank You Next. I'm Megan. And I'm Rachel. Guys, it's episode 51. Whoop, whoop. Did you guys listen to episode 50? <laughs> did you make it to that halfway mark, 200? Right. Did you like it? We did. did. You, we did. Sam did. Yeah. <laughs> we don't say the S word anymore on this podcast, but we do say the F word. <laughs> we were told. Listener discretion is yes. advised. Yes. Do not invite your child. We didn't even invite her up we here. We did not she invite just her. Barged in. She barged right in, <laughs> quietly but still. Yes. <laughs> she invited herself up here. Yeah, she almost did it again today. I know. We had to get her downstairs. Excuse me. Oh my gosh, that's okay though, because we bought Frozen too, and so she is. She's glued to that living room. Thought we'd stop talking about it. <laughs> thought you were free. Never. 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 Now you can watch it if you haven't seen it in theaters. Yeah, you can go buy rent it. it. Yeah, it's you not can on rent Disney it, Plus yet, it. but just go buy it. Yeah, you can rent it on Voodoo. Disney needs your money. <laughs> They're hurting. Yeah, right. The numbers are low for the movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's mm. not true. So, what's up? So, how are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm going through one of those emotional moments where your period is definitely to blame. Mm -hmm. um but also it's like only the middle of the month and technically i changed my birth control at the end of the month so i don't know what's happening it's just all those hormones in there all those added hormones i know i feel very emotional yeah just like can cry at the drop of a hat i feel like this does you know what my body probably is trying to have its period and my i'm like no yeah stop you're suppressing it yeah you're stopping it yeah because this has happened every month where i just get like super emotional Mm -hmm. and i'm on my period right now tmi guys guys we uh it stopped recording yeah because we were talking about the ghost (laughs) we were talking about a ghost and it stopped recording i didn't record when you're talking about your tv having a ghost um, and then it stopped recording again and that was weird. Uh, we're having technical difficulties. I don't know why. So also, I just don't think they wanted to hear about Rachel's period. <laughs> so. Denied. <laughs> Anyways, we're in a, emo- I'm in an emotional place. Rachel's just bleeding out, <laughs> but in a safe way. <laughs> I'm a-okay guys this is normal this is completely normal she feels like she has enough blood to survive oh my gosh but tons coming out <laughs> I'm very tired I had to take a nap today I oh, couldn't yeah you're I couldn't iron hang. deficient <laughs> <laughs> okay now we're really being too yeah <laughs> um okay, okay. changing topic <laughs> good plan because I'm good at transition <laughs> Um, I thought, guys, I've been doing this thing where I grab screenshots of just crazy stories that I read online, and I never bring them up. (laughs) It's fun. (laughs) And I found a whole bunch while we weren't recording, and I, like, made a little folder. So I'm going to try and do that from now on, Mm because we don't just talk about TV. But... Good plan. um, I think I have brought it up on previous episodes, the whole Ged Jed match. And how it's solving crimes and catching white males. <laughs> white Our favorite. old men. <laughs> white privileged men in America. Yup, yup, yup. Oh, gosh. Um, Sorry. What? Did you see the uh, – I think I saw the story on, like, the Daily Mail. But they were talking about um, Corey Haim. Is the like guy that killed himself? With, 
Like, oh, no. It's like it's a different story. That, no, no, no. It's like, oh. I, I think Netflix picked it up, but it's going to be like the tale of two Corys, and they're going to out the people who like molested that. Like the, like the, um, wait, I don't know if I, I'm thinking oh, who Corey Haim is. The pedophile ring in Hollywood. It's like, you don't want your kids to go into acting in Hollywood because like they're going to get sexually assaulted in some way, shape, or form. What? And there's like this pedophile ring in Hollywood. Oh, Corey, is he the guy that's like a little nutty? Yeah. Well, he was sexually abused mm-hmm. as a small child when mm-hmm. he was a child actor. So yeah. But yeah, they're coming out with that. And and apparently he's naming names and people are like, we want to know what, who, how, what, I when. I mean, after Jeffrey Epstein, I feel like people are real tired of this bullshit. Yeah. Like. It's not Okay. No. I and for like- the people who think that it is okay and for the power to just take over. Yeah. And for people to not do the right thing because mm-hmm. they're afraid of what it's going to do to them. Like, that is not, that is not okay. Wait, I we don't shouldn't know who Corey live Hain like is. that. I was thinking of someone else. But yeah, I just thought that was crazy because they. Oh, I was thinking of Corey Feldman. Oh, okay. He's, He's wasn't this- he the brother of one of them? Oh, yeah. Maybe. Actor Corey Feldman to name Hollywood pedophiles during groundbreaking live stream. Yeah. Live stream. But they're good. Like, they've been trying to make a movie about it for a really long time. Wow. Like a documentary. Yeah. And um, there's too many big names in Hollywood where nobody will pick it up and, and <gasps> wow. distribute it. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, I, I've been listening. Now we're totally off topic, but this is fine. Um, we, I, I'll cut it out. What am I doing? Um, uh, no, I won't. I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave all this in. I don't know. Um, I've been listening to the Harvey Weinstein, um, the Catch and Kill podcast, the guy, um, Ronan Farrow, who broke the story about oh, him. Okay. He had done all the research for NBC. Holy and cow. Harvey Weinstein paid off NBC. And they killed the story saying that they didn't have enough witnesses that would come forward and say their names. And he had the women come on his podcast and say, I 100% gave NBC the okay to use my name. I told them the full story and they refused to publish it or wow. put it in the news. And wow. so he made a book. It's like so nuts. And then he basically made a podcast off of his book okay. because it was like a lot of like interviews and stuff that you could listen to, tapes. Oh, perfect. Stuff like that. It yeah. is so good. What's it called? Uh, Catch and Kill. Okay. But it is a book, too, if you want to read it. I actually really want to listen to the book. Um, but it's so fascinating. And his sister, his dad is Woody Allen. What? Yeah. Okay. Which is why NBC, um, they tried to come back and say that he was too close to the the topic because his sister was abused by Woody Allen. Oh. But, he, but when he went to, um, I can't remember what... Um, where he ended up publishing, um, I think it was LA Times or maybe it was the New York Times. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> they, he wasn't writing for them, okay. but he had the story and he needed to find a place to publish it. Mm-hmm. So when he went to them, he asked, can they legally back him? Because Harvey, of course, was coming after him. He had already put a Russian like spy on him. Like he was like, losing his what? mind. Yeah. Oh. And the Russian guy even came forward and secretly met him at a diner and was like, look, 
I thought what I was doing by following you was in good faith. Like I was hired by this company to follow you. But when I found out why I was doing it, I felt the need to come to you and tell you that I have been following you. And it's just like, and he's like, I knew it. I fucking knew it. Yeah. And like, it was funny. They, his, um, his fiance, Ronan Farrow's is, um, this guy that was a speechwriter for Obama and he has the, it's called love it or leave it. His name is, uh, something love it and he does his own podcast he's just like really boisterous uh-huh. but they he was saying that they also put someone on his fiance and he was just so boring they stopped following <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny move along nothing yeah, to see whatever. here just nothing to follow just gonna be eating yeah. pizza in my underwear watching tv guys yeah. you just move along um, yeah but um <laughs> it's really crazy and like wow. they had like stuff on the record like they finally, when he went to the New York Times, they had the the lawyers to back him. And he um, finally got Harvey on the phone. And they were like, we're going to publish this. Like, that's it. We're going to publish it. Which is what broke everything, the Me Too movement. Yeah. Um, because of his story. And um, they were like, we have a lot of names. We have all these sources. Like, we just need you to confirm or deny these allegations. And Harvey, like, went off. And he started saying stuff they didn't even know. And his lawyers were hanging up like really quickly. And then they'd come back and be like, something's wrong with the phones, with the conference call. And they would already know the information. And they start investigating that information. Oh, my God. It was crazy. So he's just like self-incriminating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Left and right. And same with fucking Bill Cosby. Like, I'm listening to that podcast, too, right now, and it's nuts, the shit he did. But, yeah, it's just crazy, like, these men. And Bill Cosby joked about for years in his comedy, you better watch out. The rumor is I use quaaludes, like, stuff like that. Oh, my God. So it's, like, hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Like, R. Kelly, we all knew that, too. Oh, completely. Yeah. And it was, like, a joke. Oh, my God. He's yeah. in the closet peeing on little girls. Exactly. Like, how are you going to make a video about peeing on people? It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's always like, been like a running joke. Yeah. And it's just oh like finally God. people are waking up. So, and then mm. I, of course, um, Jeffrey Epstein is like so deep. There's so many podcasts at this point that have so much information. It just runs so deep between the yep. people that like, it's insane how many people like. And it's connected. weird. Like, why are they? How are all these people okay with doing this sort of business? How are they okay with having like all these underage women? Like it's so disgusting. Well, I mean, like Bill Clinton was his friend. Yeah, Trump was his friend. Mm -hmm. Like all these people. And there's a man that like helped him fund like to be so rich. I was listening to another podcast that didn't have to do this. She was just bringing up this guy, and she was like, "Isn't it weird that this one guy has all these pedophiles around him? This poor guy just keeps making friends with pedophiles." (laughs) It's like. We need to start looking at these people like it's nuts. Yeah, we need to put them in a different category. It's yeah. like I know you think that it's okay to like or like sweep it under the rug because of who they are and like yeah. the power figure that they play yeah. and the role that they play. It's but nuts. it's like it's it's just not okay. They're getting away with doing really terrible, damaging, hurtful things. Truly. Truly. I like think of the victims. If you know that this is happening, then think of the victims. Help them. Don't help the people in power. Seriously, help the people it's who disgusting. Need I do it. feel like there's more good happening now. Of course, there's tons of cover up, like all oh, these yeah. rich men. But okay, so let me just really quickly tell you guys the podcast. I'll list them if I remember. I will. I will to list them in the description of the episode. Okay. But um, chasing Cosby is the one I'm listening to right now. It's from the LA Times, and they're they have a lot of junk about like with him like talking on the phone with one of his 
um, victim's moms because she was really young and she's the mom's just being like, what did you do to her? What did you give her? Can you please just tell me what you gave her so that we can get like so we can like have her checked out and tell them. Oh, he's my like, God. Listen, I'm not. He's, he just like changes the subject. He's like, I'm going to make a college fund for her. Like, I'm just going to I'm going to pay for her. as long as she gets good grades. I'm going to I'm going to pay for her college. Don't worry. And he's like, can you meet me? And she's like, yeah, I really want to talk about what happened. And he's like, OK. But I'm going to set up a college fund for her. And like, oh, just wanting to just, pay it yeah, off and make it go yeah. away. Yeah. Oh, but God. it wasn't until like the deposition of another case came out that they were able to actually take him to trial. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, OK. The Catch and Kill podcast with Ronan Farrow is the other one about. Um, Weinstein. Uh, yeah, Weinstein. Thank you. I always forget his name. Um, the Daily, I haven't listened to it le- yet, but during the trial, they did a whole episode about the women that are defending him. And apparently everybody's really up in arms about it. And I haven't listened yet because I just don't want to be in a bad mood. Uh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. feel the heat rise in your chest. Yeah, You're exactly. So angry. Exactly. Being like, what? How are you on that side of the fence? Like, I know. What? Exactly. What is happening? Ugh. Um, the mysterious Mr. Epstein, it's a wondery podcast. They actually go back in t- like to where Jeffrey Epstein started. Like he used to be a teacher at an like a uh, private school just around children. Ugh. It's so disgusting. And they already had that in their in their memory. Like yeah. he was already thinking about doing something. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what else? Oh, okay, I feel it. like my life has been consumed by podcasts, not TV lately. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the podcast that truly like blew me away, it is the pot, it's called Undercover and it's a CBC podcast, but season one of that podcast is about Nexium. Do you remember Nexium, the girl from Smallville and they were branding girls. This was a couple years ago, maybe. And this guy had started a cult and he was using these women's to have women to have sex with them. And there was one girl that was his biggest like um, like she was the only reason it became a big deal is because she was in Smallville. Okay. I cannot remember her name right now, but that was like the big headline girl from Smallville like um, like gets girls to get branded. And it was basically oh, her yeah. initials and his initials. And it was called Nexium. Interesting. Yeah. So basically this guy who worked for this um this new news organization, he was best friends with her growing up, this one girl, and he like bumps into her while he's home and she's like, Oh, I just got out of Nexium. And he she like tells him about this cult and he's like, Ah, let's start a fucking podcast. So she tells him through all this stuff, and finally towards the end, you like find out that these people were finally arrested. Oh and then God. I saw it play out like in life, but I just didn't know the extent of it. Okay. And it's like some of the people in it, like it's straight up just like Scientology where they right. like, you build, get trapped. Like, yeah. They thought like when she was talking about it and there are times where I hear things about Scientology and it sounds like so beneficial. Mm-hmm. Like they basically, like she told one scenario in a seminar that the, I don't know if she told it or someone else told her. I think she's the one that did the speech. She became a huge, huge part of Nexium, where she would bring like she was the top like seller or whatever that we want to call it a peep of or recruiter. She was okay. a top recruiter. She brought in the most amount of people, which is what they tried to rebuttal. Like she was like the most invested. Like why would she come against Nexium and all this stuff? And it was she was like because I was brainwashed. Yeah, like the lawyer. 
he the guy even talks to the lawyer of the cult leader that's on trial like he, oh my god and the, the, the like lawyer is so like i'll answer any question whatever you want and it's just like so like you just realize how twisted people can be mm-hmm. but basically she, like what she said was one seminar she was like reach your arm up like uh as far as you can like get as high as you can and like try and reach the ceiling and everybody's sitting down because it's like a seminar and then she goes why didn't you stand on your chair to get higher you deserve better and like just like this empowering like she had this tone that was wow. just like so empowering you're like fuck why didn't i stand on that chair and then like they like bring you in making you feel like they can give you like the like the answers to being like more empowered to do better in life to make money and they're People like in Scientology, I don't know that they're similar in this way, but she was making fuck tons of money. Oh my God. Like by being a recruiter. Okay. Whereas other people like were wasting money by paying into this thing. Yeah. So I don't know if you can make money in Scientology in that way, but in this one, you could make tons of money by recruiting. Wow. And then you can make like centers and then you are the leader of that center and she had the biggest center for Nixium, like all this stuff. So it was just, like, so, so fascinating. Like, I find it, like, I just find it so crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. I would totally fall for that. (laughs) Like, that's how I feel. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's so empowering. As soon as you start to hear somebody talk about something motivational and, like, they make it seem like it's so easy for you to to get up and make these changes and you feel the motivation like growing inside you like absolutely you're yeah. right i can do this yeah. but like that's like a form of like brainwashing once they oh, get totally. you into like a certain yeah space and she was like in this um she was so she made friends with a woman and then that woman was like i'm inviting you to a secret club so they all have to put blindfolds on get naked they're not allowed to take the blindfolds off they go into this room and it's supposed to be a woman's club that's within the organization. But it turns out the cult leader was involved and they would take pictures of their vaginas and stuff like that as leverage. So if they ever told anyone about the things that happened, they blackmail them. They blackmail them. But they say it's not blackmail because it was like a willing thing and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, it turned out that he had seen all the photos and it was a big thing that they had said, no, this is the women's. Like we created this. And it's just like, it's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So anyways, that Cult was really fascinating. so fascinating. Yeah. So guys, I recommend those. I'll put them in the description. So if you guys are interested, you can go listen. These are not like really true crime in a sense, but. But still. I feel like they're like. They're interesting. Yeah. They're like adjacent. Yeah, exactly. Um, they're criminals. Things you, are happening. Yeah. And if you feel like being angry, but not at sad at the same time, <laughs> then those are there for you. Perfect. Um, okay, so today I have a story that is somewhat recent. Oh. It is the story of Margaret Daniel. Margaret is 48 and a nurse living in Schaumburg, Illinois. Okay, I don't know why Schaumburg sounds so familiar. I don't know if my friend Shannon lived there, if she knew someone that lived there, or if I went there when I visited. Shannon, (laughs) you'll have to let us know, but I know Schaumburg for some reason, and Someone has lived there because I'm going to tell you a story about someone who has. <laughs> so I'm ready. Margaret, 
Margaret. Yes, Margaret is her name. Did I say Margaret at the beginning? <laughs> oh, God. I wrote it down. I was like, that's, okay. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Okay. Margaret is a badass bitch. She owns her own home. Ooh. I mean, by 48 and in freaking Illinois. Illinois. Probably it's pretty probably easy. $2. It's like $3. <laughs> um, um, she's just like killing it. She has everything together, but she's just missing that one aspect of life, and it's love. Mm-hmm. So um, this story takes place on November 23rd of 2019. So it's incredibly recent, and the trial has not happened. So I'm going to tell you the story because I found it so, so interesting. Okay. But I don't know hard facts like how they met or anything of that to really build like a story. Behind them. Okay. Yeah. But um, I just felt like this was a really good story and I'll have to update you guys a That's bunch. Okay. We'll but forgive you. It's yeah. Fine. Thank you so it's much. <laughs> so Margaret meets a man named Anthony Prate. He is an eye doctor. He is widowed after losing his wife in a horrible car accident in 2011, and Anthony had been driving the car, so it was a hard situation for him to deal with. Oh, he no. He felt constant guilt. Oh, I know. Can you imagine? No. Like, it's just really upsetting. Oh. I don't know. I think about that all the time when I'm driving and, like... To be the survivor of a car crash yeah. or, like, to be... Or just to be the one, like, at fault. I got in a bad car accident with one of my good friends yeah. and it, I was driving yeah. and she had like bruises like oh. on her temple and like wrote like a seatbelt yeah, burn yeah. and I was like holy fucking shit like if yeah. this would have gone any worse I could have yeah. killed my best friend yeah that's like so scary and yeah. we drive people constantly. constantly you drive your daughter yeah like it's so like it's scary oh and that's what prompted us to get a new car because we almost got um, hit in there were just two really 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 close calls while oh. we were in my old car and we had Sam in the oh, car uh-huh, seat with us uh-huh. and Mike was like that's it we got to get you a bigger more sustainable yeah. car because no. if, if we would have been hit when this happened it would yeah. just we would have been it's just like way better yeah yeah so um I'm not sure if he like used that his guilt and his sadness to get women. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Some do wear it on their sleeve to like get mm-hmm. the like sympathy and the yes. like, oh, you poor thing. Ugh, oh, you I poor me. I mean, I literally put my hand over my heart when Ugh. you're like, he's a widow. And I know exactly, <laughs> right? You feel for that. Yeah. So yeah, I could see how that works. Okay. Okay. So, again, since we don't know the ton of background on how Margaret and Anthony met, we just are going to jump right into the night that everything occurred. Okay. So, it's November 22nd, and Margaret is having a bunch of friends over for dinner. I can only imagine it might be like a Friendsgiving type situation because it was around Thanksgiving. Around that time, yeah. Yeah. Okay. During the dinner, the topic of death came up, and I'm not sure if it was like a Nexters kind of way where we bring up death and we're like talking about our favorite murders. Right. (laughs) Or if it was like, hey, we're hitting our (laughs) mid-age, like mid-50s and 40s. Like, do you have a will? Like, have you thought about that stuff? Oh, Lord. I'm not entirely sure how the death topic came up, but... um. The type of combo, but the friend said during the discussion of death, Anthony got visibly upset and left the room for a long period of time. 
Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So it could have been, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Let's consider he's probably still upset about his wife's death. Mm -hmm. Maybe he like got into the mindset of like, oh, I killed my wife. I don't want to talk about death. And then he like left the room to like, I mean. Yeah, it was a trigger. It was eight years earlier, but maybe still can't talk about death. Right. Really upsetting topic to him. But he seemed incredibly agitated. And the friends noticed that she didn't go to, like, tend to him. So that pissed him off. So he got visibly angry. And the friends are like, okay, well, we're going to go. They leave basically being like, okay, that's an awkward situation to be around. I hope they figure it all out. But we'll talk to her tomorrow. Right. So around 1.30 a.m. on November 23rd, a 911 com- call comes in, and guys, it's clear once the friends left, things only got worse. I'll let you guys hear the 911 call now. It's about three minutes, and after that, I'm going to tell you what I think about the 911 call. And you guys write in and let us know what you thought of his tone and how he was acting. Okay. My girlfriend and I had a fight. She stabbed me with a knife. And we, I stabbed her back, and I think she's gravely wounded. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna get. Too. I'm gonna get our police and paramedics on the way. Is she still inside right now? Yes, yes, yes. We're both inside. Okay, hang on just a second, please. Do you still have the knife in your hand, sir? Um, it's it's on the floor. Okay. She's not breathing. I don't know what I should do. Okay, sir, I want you to just stay on the phone with me. I'm letting my officers know. Where is the knife at that she had? It's it's on the floor. Okay. Do She's you feel we're both fighting with the same knife? Okay. Do you feel safe enough to go back inside to check on her at this point? Yeah. Okay. Is there anybody else inside the house? Is it just you and her and yeah. that's it, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Let me know when you're back inside. We do have help on the way as we're talking, okay? Okay. Okay, I'm back inside. Okay. I want you to tell me if she's awake. She's not. Okay. Stay on the phone with me here, sir. She doesn't look good. She doesn't look good. I don't know what I should do for her. Okay. We're gonna walk. We're gonna walk through this and try to help her until the police and paramedics get there. Okay, just stay on the phone okay. with me here. How, how old is she, sir? Uh, Forty-eight. Okay, hang on just a second should here. I, should I do CPR? Should I try CPR? Okay, later? so we're gonna walk through this. Hang on just a moment here with me. How old did you say she is again? Forty-eight. 48. Okay. Is she breathing? I don't, I do not think so. Okay. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot okay. Of blood. Is, is she breathing? I don't think so. Should I do CPR? Okay. Okay. Hang on. Just a, okay. I want you to stay on the phone here. So we're good. I've got, I've got injuries to my hands uh, and my arms. Okay, sir, I want you to, okay, sir, listen to me. We have the police and paramedics, like I said, on the way to help you. 
I want you to stay on the phone with me. Hang on just a moment here. We're going to start CPR, but I'm letting my police and paramedics know. Just stay on the phone here with me, okay? Should I do CPR? What should I do? Okay. Okay, if there is a defibrillator available, I want you to get it now and tell me when you have it. Do you have a defibrillator? Okay. That, okay, that's fine, sir. We're going to go step by step on this. Hang on just a second, please. Okay, listen carefully, sir. We're going to start CPR. Are you right by her now? I am. I am. Okay, listen carefully, sir. Hang on just a moment here with me. There's a lot of blood. Jeez. Okay. Okay. Okay, just stay on the phone with me here. Okay. So, what did you think? It seemed like the dispatcher had more of an urgency yeah. than he did. And he was just far too calm. Yeah. Like, I feel like he was incredibly calm. He kept asking if he should do CPR. Yeah. Which I, that probably just sounded like I like moved away from the mic very far. <laughs> Sorry, I was moving a pillow. Um, but yeah, so it's like, if you know how to do, like, if you keep asking. Also, okay, so let me, let me read through my thoughts really fast. Okay. Okay. So one, he was placing a lot of blame on Margaret. Mm-hmm. He said, she was stabbing me, so I stabbed her back. Right. That's, okay. Also, why... Would she ask for the defibrillator? That is the weirdest Who thing. has a defibrillator around? I, I, it's going to be a poll question I want to know. Who has a defibrillator? Yeah. Do you even have a fire extinguisher in your house? Yeah. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Answer in. Oh, my God. Because I don't. I don't have a defibrillator just lying like around my house. I feel like ours fired, probably. <laughs> like, probably. yeah, I don't have a defibrillator, and I don't know how to do CPR correctly. No. So... Fuck. Hopefully nobody is ever in a, a choking uh, <laughs> situation exactly. near you. <laughs> uh, yeah, just don't. I will ask for help. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Then on Curb, there there was an episode where he um he was being accused of sexual harassment at work because he grabbed his um, assistant's blouse to clean his glasses, which was like. <laughs> So fucking rude, but like not not in that harassment. Yeah, and so he like went to lunch with her, (laughs) and he told Ted Danson his ex wife's dating Ted Danson, and he told he went to lunch. He was he's God, this is a spoiler, but he's sleeping with (laughs) his ex wife, and Ted Danson said, "Hey, my UPS guy saw you at the restaurant with um I forget her name right now, but you guys were sitting side sit. What do you always sit side sit?" So he's with the woman trying to apologize about sexually harassing her, grabs her chair and takes her side sit. I think that's what they call it. And she's like, what are you doing? And and then he, so he ruins the whole chance of like figuring things out. Right. And then he, then whatever he does, he doesn't want to pay the money towards her to her. So something else happens. Oh, he has to donate to a special cause um, for like, uh, for women and for um, trans people. And the woman that was there, uh, what's her name? She's in Orange is the New Black. She's like the hairstylist. That's in- oh, oh. I can't remember her name right now. But at the beginning of the episode, she tells him, I have a cold. I don't want to give you a hug. And he's like, oh, thank you. I wish more people would do that. And so she go. he goes on stage and she's welcoming him up and she goes to give him a hug on stage and he goes Ugh! 
was supposed to be their settlement. So then again, they don't figure things out. And so they have another meeting. (laughs) And while he's going to the meeting, he gives her a, a scone in the elevator and she starts choking and he doesn't want to do CPR because it would be touching her. And he's like, <laughs> so he puts his hands up behind her and she just goes to the floor fading and then the doors open. <laughs> it was legit so fucking funny. Oh my God. Was, I fucking love that show. It reminds me of my dad so much. Oh, that show just makes my skin crawl. Oh, I know. I just, it's so, it's, so uncomfortable. It's, it's the most uncomfortable situations you would ever so imagine. But I feel like it's less uncomfortable. Like the beginning episodes were really uncomfortable. Oh my These God. ones, it's just so, <laughs> so funny. I'm not. Guys, are you good in a crisis? I am not good. Not. You like, know how I know I'm not? Because every time there's been two incidences in the last week where I overwatered a plant <laughs> and all the water came out the bottom in the middle of the cubicles. There. I literally stood there as Jamie ran and got a bunch of paper towels. And I was just like, oh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and the other day I went to go open a like fizzy like drink or something. And it like spilled over. And then I put it over my dinner. <laughs> and Vince was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> So I feel like like those are good examples. Oh, Oh. yeah. And then the other day I did, I was drinking a cider and then it fell into my, I just, it like fumbled off the counter into my shirt or my sweater. You're like, oh no. (laughs) And then I picked it up and put it on the counter once it had almost fully emptied. Oh my God. So guys. I just don't know if you want me in a crisis. <laughs> or maybe I jump into action when it's someone else. You know, when I just it's not don't you, love myself. You just don't want to save yourself. You're yeah, like, oh, maybe that's fine. it. I need to really like be put in other situations. But these things have happened that's the last so week. And truly, what a mess I am. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm dying. That's so funny. <laughs> And I'm not even like, oh, no. Yeah, you just, it's like, just watch like, it happen. Yeah. I go silent and watch it like a small child that just did something wrong and doesn't know the right oh thing to do. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Like, there was a time yeah. where, like, my niece was, like, sitting next to me and she was eating something and it was really hot. And I was like, oh, no, her mouth is burning. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't get her water or anything. I just, like, watched it. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I was only – everyone – like, people are, like, reaching from across the table to yeah. go to her aid and I'm like, right next to her. And I'm just like, oh. You're like, oh, I guess that I must hurt. I shouldn't dig in, shouldn't dig in yet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you learned a valuable lesson here. <laughs> Rachel <laughs> talking to yourself oh my gosh that's too funny all right all right on a serious to- all right. topics oh my gosh uh okay so one thing is true crime junkies we know that people who stab other people <laughs> the knife slips on the attacker because the amount of blood makes it very slippery so cutting yourselves your arms your hands is very common, and you don't realize that happens because of the adrenaline. Okay. Because you're stabbing. Um, After she was examined and pronounced dead, it was determined that she was stabbed between 20 to 30 times. Oh, my God. And that is 
a cr- that's a crazy amount of times to be stabbed. Yes. And a person who is trying to stop another person attacking you doesn't stab the other person 30 times. No, they just don't. You take the weapon and then you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. But I mean, if you are like, I don't know, he's a bigger man. Like, I don't know that I would ever, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. Just Maybe. like the motion of yes. stabbing somebody. It's like after like maybe two or three, yeah. you're like, oh and shit. And to not like feel upset that you're doing that, yeah, exactly. to have enough anger. Like I don't know that if someone were to stab me, I think I'd be in shock. Right. Like if like, uh, I don't know if anyone tried to stab me, I'd be in shock. I don't know that my first reaction would be like pure raging anger. Right. So this was already a red flag. Exactly. Um. So, oh, and also to my knowledge, she didn't have wounds like he did on his hands. So she didn't do stabbing motion. Defensive wounds type yeah, of thing. You know, I like, didn't read anything about defensive oh. wounds. But um, as far as like her doing yeah, the motion yeah, stabbing Yeah, yeah, like there was nothing herself. in her palm or like in her fingers. Oh, like that okay. would be like she was also stabbing. Oh, that was also a thing of the night of, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but only one person here to tell their side of the story so i'm not entirely sure um but i found it really disturbing how matter of fact he was and calm on the 911 call with the dispatcher and to like talk about your wounds yes it's like weird. i'm wounded i have cuts on my hands and arms so uh yeah I, but i can still do cpr it's just like to be so aware i feel like yes yes yeah if you were if you were like blacked out and you were like i was just so upset like you wouldn't take inventory on yourself Mm-mm. yeah you would and there's probably blood everywhere on him how would he know his own cuts yeah like you wouldn't know your blood between the other person's blood Ugh. yeah Ugh. so it turns out police looked into his phone records because they didn't believe that it was self-defense okay they found he had called three family members prior to calling 911 what yeah and when police interviewed them, he had told all of them that he had stabbed Margaret a lot of times. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Wow. The families during the interviews admitted they had spoke to him, and he admitted to doing the stabbing. So there was no other, like, obviously he did it. Right. So he gets indicted on first-degree murder. His bail is set at $3 million. Wow. Due to the violent nature of the killing. Mm-hmm. And he is in the Cook County Jail waiting a trial. So this story will be filled in with a lot of future updates, but the story doesn't end there. Oh. I know. Ooh. I know. Okay. Okay. All right. So while all this investigating is going on about Anthony murdering Margaret, Mm -hmm. it breaks in the news that he was arrested for the murder. Well, in McHenry County, prosecutors... And Lake in the Hills Police announced they will be re-examining the circumstances of Bridget Prate, Bridget Prate's death, his late wife. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. So, Bridget Prate was forty-five, and she had a ton of life to live. Forty-five. That's so young. That's so young. Her family was in shock when they heard the news about her death and couldn't wrap their minds around it. And here is why. So, a week before the car accident, Anthony came home and heard his wife talking to another man inside. He suspected the two were having an affair and plotting to kill him. 
Because isn't that what everyone assumes when they find their my spouse immediate talking reaction. to a handyman? Ugh. You're speaking to somebody else? Oh my God, you're plotting my murder. I know. Well, like every rational person, Anthony calls 911, <laughs> demanding that they both his wife, a wife of nearly 20 years, and the man, man she's talking to be arrested. He told police that he slipped into the laundry room and listened to them for 20 minutes, and they were plotting to kill him, according to the report. But when officers arrived at the Algonquin home, Algonquin? I don't even know. I don't know if that's a t- I think that's a town. The day in 2011, Bridget told them it was all a misunderstanding and they left. Police records show. They were having a conversation about who would own the house after I was dead, he said. And so he gave a statement to police. And then he said she was telling him she couldn't wait for them to be together. It wouldn't be long before before I was taken care of. The man later told police that Bridget prayed... Okay, so the man that she was talking to told police that Bridget was helping him study for a real estate exam. And the two had only discussed procedures for when a homeowner dies. Oh, so he immediately, like, took that into... Oh my god, they're gonna kill me! Yeah, but he like really like he like really made up a lot of junk. If they were like they're plotting to kill me and they're really excited when I die, like no, he made up a bunch of stuff. So no charges were filed. So he clearly is losing his mind. Mm -hmm. Her family was obviously upset and felt that this didn't make sense. The things that made the least amount of sense were Bridget's injuries. They were determined to be caused by an extreme accident, not a fender bender. Like what had occurred. Oh. So let's break it down. Anthony told authorities his wife had unbuckled her seatbelt to look for her purse and her water bottle just moments before he lost control of the vehicle, vehicle, crossed the center line, hit an oncoming car, and then a tree. What? Yeah. Also... Lake in the Hills police noted in the report that no airbag deployed on Bridget's side of the car during the crash and that there was no damage to the car that would seem to be consistent with a fatal accident. Oh. Yeah. Bridget was found crumpled under the dashboard. So, okay, when I was reading this, I was thinking, okay, maybe her airbag didn't deploy because she wasn't ever in the seat. So no airbag would deploy because it uses weight to know if it needs to deploy. Right. So Bridget was crumpled under the seat. So that could be that she was already dead when she was, she was in the already car. dead. Or it could be like, but then if she was out of the seat, like leaning up and back to look for her purse and water bottle, and you, she technically wasn't with her weight in the seat. And then he hit, but she then I don't know. She under the dash. Yeah. Like the amount of pressure. Yeah. Or force. Sorry. But I think she would have gone through the windshield if like, if it was like a big accident, she right? She wouldn't have gone down. She would yeah, have gone straight exactly. back through the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So when they got there, they had arrived and she was already dead. The, pol- the pathologist assigned to the case believed her injuries were inconsistent for those for a major car accident even. Mm-hmm. She was dead prior to the time 
of the accident, records showed. Oh my, okay. So she already was dead before they got in the mm-hmm. car. An autopsy would reveal that Bridget had a fractured vertebrae <gasps> in her neck. So her neck was broken. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh God. So Dr. Mark Wittek of the Kane County Coroner's Office didn't believe that the injury would have killed her. Mm-hmm. According to records, she had no other significant injuries, making her death somewhat of a mystery, and it ruled it was ruled undetermined. But a witness at the scene described Anthony, who suffered only minor injuries, as frantic and shocked after the crash. So, like, a complete opposite reaction. Weird. He had also tried to perform CPR, so he knows how to do CPR, and his wife until on his wife until paramedics arrived. Which, yeah, I just found very interesting that he was asking if he should do CPR to Margaret, but... He knew how to do it mm -hmm, for Bridget. The whole time. Hmm. So, investigators look into the death for at least 10 months at the time, and they had a second pathologist examine the injuries, but when the second pathologist finding... Pathologist findings, that's a lot of S's, uh, (laughs) didn't match the first pathologist, prosecutors stopped their effort to bring the case before a grand jury. So he got lucky, basically. And no charges were ever filed against him. But a few years later, after Bridget died, her family hired a private investigator to take another look at the case. Wow. The private investigator, Bruce Johnson, told the Chicago Daily Herald that he found it odd that Bridget didn't have a pulse when emergency responders arrived, despite what appeared to be a low-impact crash. So how does someone break their neck in a low-impact crash? so guys i don't have a lot of answers on this monster i i mean i feel like we see a pattern that he uses the victim card a lot yep um he got away with bridget's murder if it was a murder which i feel like Mm -hmm. Uh, margaret's murder thankfully he is not going to get away with he made from what i can tell he made bridget's look like an accident but um, I'm glad that they saw the other crime as a murder and not self-defense yes. case. Um, so let us know. What do you guys believe? Do that you think is... the accident killed his wife? Do you think he killed his wife? Do you think it was self-defense? That is too suspicious. I know. Too suspicious. I know. It just really blew my mind when I like started reading about his his poor ex-wife that just like, I mean, God, that's just so. Yeah. I get that accidents happen. Yeah. But when you have multiple deaths following you around, mm-hmm. when your spouse keeps dying, and I've done stories about that where it's just like, well, what happened to your first wife? And it's just like, oh, accident. But it's like, but was it though? Yeah. Like the it's one like, you did last week. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, he's widowed with like six children. Yeah. And it's just like, and and her death was, she's slip and fall and like fell in the pool Suspicious. and drowned. But it was like, but that's too like- weird it's just too weird it's too weird yeah Mm -mm. so i don't know what's going to come of this case but But i will keep keep it tabs yeah 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 because i want to know what happens with the ex-wife or not ex-wife the the widow yeah the widow yeah and um what happens the late wife yes the late wife yeah i never know what to call them yeah they're late the late wife. why did it why is it late i don't know later it's always like their late wife their late husband Hmm. it's like Mm. weird yeah. What yeah. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I'll keep you guys posted <laughs> on the late 
<laughs> the late of it all. <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. Okay, yeah. I am ex- excited. I know. It's I'm always so horrible sick. to use such exciting words or, or happy words right. when we're talking about this stuff, but... But I am looking forward to seeing how yeah, this unfolds. Right? I really want to know all the information mm-hmm. and like what ha- unfolded that night, specifics, how they met, things like that. There's a lot of specifics, but I just found it so fascinating. I had to tell you guys, I couldn't wait. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> um, but yeah. So tell us what you think of this story, what you guys got from this, and what you heard from the 911 call. Yeah. And if you guys listen to those podcasts that I mentioned, I'm going to list them again in the description and let us know. Because maybe you already listened to them and you guys have some ideas or thoughts. Exactly. And you haven't been able to discuss them with people that also have thoughts. If you're not comfortable, you know, commenting on DM us. the last post, yeah, yeah, just send us a DM because we'll go on there. Either one of us will yes. log in, we'll read it, we'll yes. share it with each other, we'll figure it, we'll, we'll see it, we'll talk about it. Yeah. It's all good stuff. And it's fun. If you guys have podcast suggestions too. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Absolutely. Like, seriously, I feel like when I get really upset when I haven't listened to one that's like new after a week and I'm like, where have I been? <laughs> so if you guys have any like that, I mean, there's more true crime. Next week I can earn, I don't know what. <laughs> I can bring up true crime ones that I've listened to too because I feel like those were not true crime, but I have tons of true crime. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good stuff. And don't forget to go and follow us on Instagram at no thank you next podcast. And uh, subscribe and like us on every podcast platform ever. Yep. And listen uh, to us once on every podcast platform. Yeah. Just push play and leave the room. <laughs> Does us a lot of good. <laughs> come on. I like it. Just play along, guys. Just play along. Yeah, come, come on. on. Come on. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week for another horrible story. Goodbye. Goodbye.